The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with your favorite guy and mine, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Boland. G'day, Paul. Hello, people. So, we got a full show today, so what are we talking about? (laughs) So, we have a couple of things. One, we have to address a former guest and some things that are going on there. We've got to talk about dating sites and them preying on aspiring actors We have got to talk about independent film and me preying on people in independent film. So I'm going to get a lot of hate mail by the end of this. Um, It's going to be a great show. The dating sites are going to hate us. Uh, The industry is going to hate me. I think the only person that's going to come looking out good out of this one is you, Paul. Yeah, and then that and a that and a dollar will get me a cup of coffee anywhere. Yeah, so I like there it. we go. <laughs> so to begin, we were talking about the Doctor Phil scandal. We are going to have some Doctor Phil guests on. We've already had two previous guests on this show, uh, talking about their experiences, good and bad, from the Doctor Phil show. I do want to say one of the previous guests had some issues with internet bullying. She, her bullying people, her saying people are bullying her, a whole thing there. Um, For people that were involved in that, she does go to court on the 24th, reach out to the district attorney, reach out to the judge, um, and and put in what you have to say. In North Carolina, we'll put the information online for those that want it. I've got the name of the district attorney. Um, If you feel there is something to say, do it through the legal system. I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. The best thing everyone can do is ignore. If there is a person that is causing problems online, the more you engage, the more you feed their beast. I work with a lot of actors. Actors are like bad commercials. If you ignore them, they eventually go away. Um, Even people that thrive on attention, reality stars are the same thing. This person is an aspiring reality star. She's not an actress. She is an aspiring reality star. Um, I can tell you, I got a bunch of threats about her going to out me for this, going to out me for that, going to say this, going to say that. Bitch, I work in Hollywood. Fucking try it. I don't care. You can't call me anything worse than I get called by my bosses on a daily basis. Like, I've, ha- I've, had, I've had staplers thrown at me. You go for it. Have at it. Um, so that was kind of just addressing that. I know I didn't touch on that. Um, if you guys want to know what we're talking about, you can go back to last week's show and listen into Wendy, or you can go before and listen to the guests we had on before. Um, we can get a little more into that because I know I have some questions from Twitter on that later in the show, but where I do want to get into this is we have some interesting, interesting things. we got some comments from some dating sites. Uh, we put together an experiment to see what happens as an aspiring actor or actress when you say, I'm coming to LA and jump on dating sites. Because we've had the dating sites used by people saying they were producers and lying and directors and lying and perverts and lying. Mostly just perverts. 
Right, because there is no shortage of perverts in Hollywood. So, yeah. Oh, my God. There is no shortage of perverts in Hollywood. And, um, and I fully am part of that problem. So, you, know, <laughs> you, you are not. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will say we are going to start this week. We are going to start a game called Safe or Not Safe. Write in on Twitter and let us hone who want to know in Hollywood. We kind of get the behind the scenes on who's safe to work with, who's not safe. I can't always necessarily tell you why, but I will tell you good or bad. So I'll take the heat on that. I won't make Paul get involved because everyone likes Paul. Mm. Um, to begin this, we're going to talk about the dating sites. I went on some of these dating sites posing as a 15 or 16-year-old, depending on the state's laws and where people were, um, boy and girl, depending on, sta- on the sites. The sites we got on were OkCupid, Seeking Arrangement, Anti-Chat, Wild, Plenty of Fish, Growler, Her, Lesbian Dating, GHU, Surge, Kinked, and Tinder. And I found a really interesting trend. Mm. Um, I got hit on less on the gay sites and on the BDSM sites than I did on the straight sites. And in fact, on some of the gay sites and BDSM sites, people had me booted off. Um, one person threatened to track me down and call my parents. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty interesting because on those same sites, you had people intervening, trying to save you from this situation. Uh, uh, so I went on as a young girl and as a young boy, depending on the sites, and said, I'm an aspiring actor. I'm brand new in town. I have nowhere to stay and I need help in the entertainment industry. On OkCupid, okay I had 37 people approach me and try and get me into bed. Only 37? This is in one month, Paul. Yeah, only 37? Only 37 on OkCupid. On OkCupid, I had three people step in and try and get me out of that situation, and it was only women. Mm. So I posed as as both a young man and and a young woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, we know that the internet is a, uh, a wonderful and dark place. So, oh yeah. my God, it is. Now, I have a statement from OkCupid, okay and we'll get into that, but I have to read these statements. Uh, I can't find the statement. Alexis will have to give it to me. Uh, seeking Arrangement, for those that don't know, is a site for younger people trying to meet older people, sugar daddies, sugar mamas. So, you know, this is going nowhere good. Like, this, this site already is going nowhere good. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, Alexis. That's, a, that's a weird one. I occasionally see the, the ones, the, the uh, women seeking arrangement through my Tinder profile. But, yeah. Tinder I'm, kicked me off. Tinder just wasn't having my shit when I said I was underage. Everyone yeah, wanted me. Yeah, I got that, thrown off. That is going to happen. There, I believe that there are a couple of sites there where it's strictly 18 and older. So They're, they're all strictly 18 and over, but the only mm. ones that enforced it were Kinked and uh, Tinder. They kept throwing me off. Every single day I got thrown off those sites, so I got sick of trying to get back on. Um, so Plenty of Fish said, we make a priority at Plenty of Fish to prevent minors from utilizing our site. We have measures in place to prevent persons under the age of 18 from registering and strive to remove any individuals who lie about this age circum- to circumvent security measures. We utilize several backup t- backend tools and they go through this whole thing to block minors. Dude, I got on there, immediately got hit on by a bunch of people, didn't follow up. But 37 people actively knowing I was underage, I said I was underage to each of them. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. offered me set, offered me a place to live and help in my career in exchange for sex. Seeking arrangement was 53. <laughs> Wild was 19. 59 on Plenty of Fish. Okay, Cupid. God, Okay, Cupid was terrible, but Plenty of Fish was the worst. Um, bu- 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 uh, Growler was seven. Her was eight. Lesbian dating, I only had three people do that. GHU, which I believe is out of business now, um, was 16, and Surge was seven. Um, Anti-chat, we have a statement from, and OKCupid. Essentially, they all said the same thing. They have measures in place, blah, blah, blah. They didn't do shit. I didn't get booted off. I told everyone I was under 18. Um, anti-chat though, the BDSM site has FBI agents watching the chat rooms. So I'm waiting on a call for that. Shocking. Um, cause, but the BDSM sites had tighter security and people yeah. were more inclined to actually step in and help. That, I had, that, that makes sense though. They, they, they know that their, you know, their desires or their kink, so to speak is flirting with, uh, you know, uh, problem. Let's just say the problem. They can be inherently problematic. So, well, you know. that's it. I think when you're yeah. in a fringe lifestyle, and I found uh-huh. that with gay sites, and I found that with the BDSM yeah, sites, they're used to being judged on every level. So, you know, keep it but, clean-ish. Well, that's it. And the two sites that kicked me off and would not let me back on were Kinked and Tinder. Mm-hmm. Every time I told one person I was underage on there, the fucking site kicked me off to the point that I got sick of trying to re-register and I completely fucked up Alexis's kinked profile. Well, she's not happy because I got on there and I was underage. <laughs> like, she's not happy. Ah. She actually utilizes kinked. Not so, anymore. Not, not anymore, I know. Not if they think she's a 15-year-old. Yeah, no. <laughs> now that they think she's 15. Um, now, people getting involved trying to help I had OK Cupid, three people, only women. Uh, seeking arrangement, not one person tried to intervene with a minor, and there were 53 people trying to take advantage. Right. Anti chat, I had 39 people try and get involved. 21 hit on me, but 39 uh-huh. threatened to call authorities, threatened to call parents. It's a BDSM site. Um, oh, that's why they threatened to call your parents because they thought you were 15. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes that, that, that completely so makes sense. I'm 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I know. I don't know. I, I forgot that. You know, I thought you were just going on a. a, a I forgot that little snippet of information. I, I but, went on, uh, which is said, very important. Which is yes. I went on and said I was a minor, not like yeah, digging holes, no, but like no, underage. But minor, no, minor. I got that. I got that. I, I got that now. But <laughs> I went on and said I was a minor. I was either a boy or a girl, depending on what was going on. Um, on wilds, I had twelve people try and get involved and help. Plenty of fish. I had three people try and get involved, but only in the gay, uh, when I went on as a, as a, a male, two men tried to help me. When I went on as a female, one female tried to help me. So only people in the same sex region actually tried to intervene and get me off. Mm. Um, Growler, I had 16 people try and throw me off. I got hit on by eight people on her, which is a gay dating site for women. Uh-huh. I had 28 people try and get me thrown off her. Lesbian dating, I had three people hit on me and I had 21 try and throw me off. GHU, which is no longer in business, probably because of this, um, 17 tried to get me off and Surge, seven. 
And when they say try to get you kicked off, is it could that be for your own safety? Oh, God, it was 100% for my own safety. Okay, fair enough. Um, so people got on and started talking to me and saying, you can't be on here, you're underage, you're an aspiring mm. actress or actor, where are your parents? It was bad. I mean, it was bad. And I used photos of myself when I was a minor and my brother when he was a minor because we both modeled. I have not told my brother. That sh- probably should have been something I did. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I met your brother. <laughs> You might want to let him know what you did. Uh, <laughs> and if you're listening to the show, dude, I'm going to apologize for <laughs> I'm sorry, Landon, for anyone. that My brother is a diamond buyer. He works in the jewelry business. Um, he, But he was a kick buyer. Not anymore. He was a kick All around nice guy. So, he's a you great know, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also gorgeous. So it was easy. <laughs> Um, but I do have to say, oh, yes. a, a, across those lines, I had so many people try and step up and help mm. on these fringe sites, but Plenty of Fish and OK Cupid, where I went on as straight and on Seeking Arrangement especially, uh-huh. it was fucking appalling. So I see how these yeah. kids get in trouble <laughs> because people are trying to use dating sites to get to know people in the film industry or to do this. And all I can say is don't fucking do that. Yeah, no, 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 just don't, don't. Uh, you know, again, there's like, it's the internet. So you can't trust most things you read on the internet or people that you would meet on the internet. I mean, that's generally how most horror movies start. <laughs> Watch, rent a movie, you'll find out that's where things go wrong. But even the people that uh. said they were in the film industry... I questioned them enough All right. to try and find out where, you know, who they were. And mm-hmm. when I got names, not one fucking person was in the film industry. Not one person worked in the film industry. Not one person had a history in the film industry. So right. every person, because they'll say they work for this studio. And if you're an executive, you're not necessarily on IMDb. You're, you're harder to find. Mm-hmm. But I do know people at the studio. So I called. I called and checked. It wasn't just Googling them. I, I called the studios and checked. Not one person that offered to help my underage boy and my underage girl were actually in the film industry. But I did get a lot of offers to give me drugs as well. So it was sex and drugs <laughs> in exchange for a place to stay and movie roles from people not involved in the film industry. Yeah. I... Makes the sting crawl a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, but it just made it easier for these predators to get the people on the internet. Because I mean, there was—I remember these uh, things that you saw on Hollywood Boulevard when I got out of here in two thousand and two thousand and one, for this agency that promised you like a thousand dollars a day modeling gig, and then you'd wind up maybe being in uh, in an audience on a game show for twenty bucks. You know, it's just that just people people come out here with dreams, and dreams are real easy to take advantage of. Hollywood can be really predatory. It's bad enough when you get into Hollywood. We are fucking monsters. Mm. But I'm finding it's worse even trying to get in. Like, it, it literally is like a quest. You feel like you're playing a Lord of the Rings video game. Mm. You have to get through all of these monsters to get to the monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Alexis, no one is flying. She's still mad at the Hobbit for them not flying the bird all the way there. She thinks it was stupid. I'm not getting into this argument with you again. Um, We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be talking today about the film industry, indie film, music, how to get your career ahead. Right when we come back, we are going to have your favorite doctor and mine. He's back. 
Dr. Russ, I'm Summer Helene. You're on with Paul Michael Bolan, host of The Militant Moderate. This is Behind the Scenes. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Larry Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to be truly successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen for new shows every month on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. Summer went to the bathroom. And I am Alexis Rivero. And g'day, guys. Welcome back to the scenes. I hate my assistant. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with your favorite guy and mine, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And after I kill my assistant, I'd like to welcome back to the show your favorite doctor, my favorite doctor, the guy that tells us all how to get skinny, keep skinny, and stay there, Dr. Russ. Dr. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. It's nice to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, and uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be a good year. I, I read it in my medical books, so I hope all your listeners uh, have a, good, a great year ahead of them. I hope so too. I think everyone has a good year. We uh we were going to have you back on last week, but we stepped in a big old pilot drama with mm. some crazy lady from Doctor Phil. Oh. Um, so, so I had people writing cause I told them you'd only be off for two weeks and I have people that listen in just for you. So boy, were they pissed. Um, but I promised everyone you would be back this week and see guys, I told you he'd come back. Uh, <laughs> so we had more questions than I can possibly count. 
written in while you were gone, as well as a fair few complaints. So you may never be able to take vacation again. But uh, <laughs> the the uh, questions we have, a lot of them had to do with addiction. And I know you, you're an addiction specialist as well. You deal with that as well. That's correct. Well, there's a lot of overlap between those two areas. Uh, in fact, a lot of the uh, medications used to help people lose weight came from the addiction field where uh, we found that... Um, People have cravings, uh, just uh, with uh, food addiction or uh, in in, uh, psychological uh, terms, they talk about binge eating disorder. Uh, That's actually uh, the most common cause of, uh, the most common eating disorder, and uh, it's treated in the same way, basically, as an addiction is. So uh, there's definitely a lot of overlap. That, that's why I I feel necessary to uh, stay abreast in, in, in both fields. Uh, I have certification in, in both addiction and bariatrics medicine. I don't well, do I bariatric see. surgery. I don't uh, do... Uh, uh, what are called Roux-en-Y surgeries or sleeves. or For me, those are the, uh, um, that's kind of the Hail Mary play of weight loss because you don't need to do that. Uh, you don't need to suffer the long-term uh, side effects of that surgery. We, we can get the weight off of you uh, in more of a, a conventional approach. Healthy kind of way. So, And I think that's fabulous. I did have one writing question that I had to ask you, and it was written in. We had uh, well over 100 write-ins for this. How was your vacation? (laughs) Well, it wasn't long enough. Um, uh, I I went to Hawaii, and it's uh, a long way to go. And, you know, it takes a day to get over there. You come back on the red eye, so that that takes a day and a half. But that's all the time I could um, take off. I had to get back uh, to see patients, to to do uh, uh, this show with you, and so here I am, back in the saddle. Were you in Hawaii Hawaii during a certain uh, missile alert? Uh, No, I left a couple days before that to come back. Uh, But, (laughs) gee, what what chaos... uh, you know, yeah, it was a yeah. false alarm, but I, I would say the threat mm-hmm. is real. So, you know, we have yeah. a, a problem on our hands with that situation. But oh boy. Yeah, I got back a couple of days uh, before that. And Fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm very glad you weren't there for that. Um, we, Hawaii is we, rated as the happiest state. You know, they, they take surveys, and uh, it's not surprising how, given how beautiful it is. The weather. Yeah, I went there in the 80s. That was an amazing place. I've only been there once. I'm sending my grandma. She's from Tasmania. When she comes out this year, I'm stopping her in uh, Hawaii with my auntie. But I haven't been in years and years. I'll have to. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm getting, we haven't asked the question, so I'm getting the people poking me online asking why we haven't asked them. So we'll get to the questions, okay. guys. Sorry, we were just catching up. We had other people asking what Dr. Russ was doing um, and where he ran away to. And I didn't want to tell anyone he was in Hawaii really until he got back, <laughs> just so he didn't get stalked <laughs> or something. Um, Dr. Russ, our first question yeah. is from Rebecca Hobart in Indiana, I think. Ian is... Oh, Indiana. Rebecca right. Hobart, Indiana. Hobart to me is in Tasmania and it can't be anywhere else, just FYI. Um, is there a way to speed up your metabolism without using cocaine? The f- well, uh, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, we cocaine is a stimulant uh, and um, it will speed up your metabolism, but it's your thyroid gland that regulates your metabolism either by increasing or decreasing the amount of hormone circulating in, in your system. Uh, if someone's found to be underactive, uh, and, and that happens primarily by a blood test, uh, their metabolism can be easily uh, sped up with uh, uh, levothyroxine. That's, that's the name of the thyroid hormone. It's, mm-hmm. it's a pill, and... Uh, uh, if, if the listener suspects they have an underactive thyroid, a blood test would be the first step. Um, some of the symptoms of underactive thyroid are weight gain, fatigue, intolerance of the cold, puffy face, hair loss, um, etc. But, I, I mean, I'm not advocating uh, use of cocaine or methamphetamine. I, I would mentioned that there's a, a weight loss pill that does much the same thing called fentermine that uh, in the hands of a doctor can be helpful uh, in weight loss. And it, it acts a bit in the same way that cocaine does as a stimulant, although it's a much milder medication. Well, I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm not a doctor, but as somebody that's worked in entertainment, an industry saturated with cocaine, I've never tried it, but I've watched lots of people lose their teeth. Don't do that. You'll end up looking like Lindsay Lohan. Mm. Um, our next question is from Francis in Loveland, Colorado. I've never tried drugs or even had a sip of alcohol be- uh, of an alcoholic beverage, yet I find myself eating and drinking copious amounts of sugar. Is there a healthy way to cut back, and am I considered an addict? We've actually had dozens of people write in about sugar addiction. So I thought this was a really good one to touch on. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate your listeners' uh, question. Uh, Sometimes uh, people develop uh, food addiction. Um, Like we had touched on before, it's also known as binge eating disorder. Uh, there's a group uh, called uh, Overeaters Anonymous. Perhaps uh, your listeners have heard of it. It's a, it's a group focused, uh, established to focus uh, on um, on this problem uh, uh, in a, a twelve steps uh, twelve step support group format. Um, like Al-Anon. Like Al, well, like. Um, AA or NA. That's what it is. That's the, okay. Wrong one. Sorry. Yes. um, Or uh, have you heard of um, 
um, the, the support group for people who talk too much? No, but... Is, is that a helpful suggestion? It's well, called it on and on and on. On and on and on. <laughs> I like that. You got Lex giggling. I think we could all use that. <laughs> Sorry. But, but uh, this uh, Judy Hollis is a friend of mine. She wrote the foreword to my uh, uh, to my book, The Paul Springs Diet. And uh, um, she was one of the founders of Overeaters Anonymous. And she's authored several books herself, uh, her books kind of cater to women's weight issues. Uh, uh, you can find Judy on the internet. She, she, uh, her books are great, and um, she she spends the uh, the winter out here in Palm Springs and is back in uh, New York during the summer. She just came out with a book about overeating called uh, Buddha from Buddha to bagels and kind of a cute topic but she, she's a deep good, good title and, uh, I'd recommend her work and as I say she's one of the original founders of uh, Overeaters Anonymous which is a pretty big group so. that's awesome well so that would be a good way to cut back would be see Overeaters Anonymous um, our last question would be from Jerry in Amarillo, Texas. I got that one right. Um, I used to think it was Armadillo. I heard Adderall can make you lose weight. Does this actually work? Well, it's interesting. There, you know, these, all these questions today kind of uh, have uh, an addiction component to them because uh, Adderall, uh, if you use it to lose weight, is, is not... Uh, that that's an off-label uh, indication. In other words, uh, doctors won't prescribe it for that. Um, it, yeah, I've actually Adderall tried. Adderall is a salt yeah. of methamphetamine, and it'll cause a patient to lose weight by uh, increasing their metabolism. It stimulates the central nervous system, and it affects chemicals in the brain and the nerves. It sent me to it, sleep. That's it. Well, that's a that's not an unusual. I have ADD though. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I tried Adderall. All it did was make me very very aggressive. Made me sleepy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it affects your uh, uh, impulse control. You become mm. more imp- impulsive. Yep. So, uh, it's not a good idea. But I think I mentioned that there are the, these. Uh, um, Medicines such as fentermine that, that can be gotten by prescription that um, <laughs> I think are a better choice um, for weight control. Usually we will prescribe them initially uh, to jumpstart a patient's weight loss efforts. And then when they stop losing weight, then we will discontinue the fentermine. So. I have to say, um, I, I like the Palm Springs diet. Uh, we've got like one minute left. I know we got caught up talking in the beginning, so we cut short on these. Dr. Russ, which was your favorite question this week? Uh, I like the question about uh, from uh, Rebecca in, uh, in Hobart, uh, New Zealand, Indiana, um, and uh, uh, regarding uh, metabolism and cocaine. That would be my favorite, Rebecca's question. 
Rebecca, courtesy of Dr. Russ, we will be sending you a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. It really does help. And for everyone else, get your own copy of the Palm Springs Diet. You can get it on authorhouse.com, kennethrussmd.com. You can get it on Amazon. The book is everywhere. And I always have to say, I know Dr. Russ talks about off-label, using things the way you shouldn't. I have lupus. I have not been having flare-ups since I switched to eating this way. So for those of you out there that that eat that are going through that, that helps too. We're actually sending a copy of the book to Selena Gomez um, because she's dealing with the same thing. So if you're unhealthy, if you want to lose weight, it is an amazing book. And I'm not just I'm not talking about the weight loss. I'm talking about the health measure. It, it helped like you wouldn't believe. Um, Dr. Russ, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, oh, we my will send. Pleasure. A copy Thank of you. the Palm Springs Diet to Rebecca. And when you come on next week, I want to talk with you more because you have some other products coming out. And I know we're running over time because everyone wanted to know about your vacation. Uh, so we'll talk more about that okay. and get to all the questions we missed. And I know everyone missed you, Dr. Russ. Welcome back. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's good to be here. Thanks, Summer. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. No worries. Bye. Guys, when we come back, we're going to be talking about indie film. We're going to be on with Scott Haskin, my favorite composer, and yours, the guy that does the intro music for the show. We're going to be on with Jeff, who I've worked with as an editor, who's a musician. We're going to be on with Paul, who you'll like better than you like me, talking about indie film and how people like me fuck up your world. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off-limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with your favorite person and mine, host of the militant moderate and the guy I know with the dirtiest mind in the world, Paul Michael Mm. Bolt. Yeah, that's me. Yep. <laughs> that's you. So there are a couple of things. We're going to have Jeff Bump and Scott Haskin on the show. We're going to be talking about music and indie film and a whole bunch and going through a whole bunch of questions. But right now, I have to address a couple of things from online. Um, f- to the people writing in and talking about the guest we had, the show before Wendy, that's what I'm going to call it, the show before Wendy, mm. the guest from uh, Dr. Phil. Right. Um, guys, I'm not used to being a nice person. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you all to, you know, to, to kind of chill and take it through the legal system. Don't make me be a nice person. That's, that's, I'm very uncomfortable in, in that tone. It, I'm not good at it. It's out of my normal category. Um, and to the ladies and gents that keep writing in, asking what I think about the bad language in the news and mm. how it's fair your kids can't watch the news anymore. Why mm. the fuck are your kids watching the news? It's all about shootings and sensationalism. Shame. Yeah. I know CNN did not have to repeat shithole like what thirty seven times in two hours or something like that. Seriously, I mean, God. <sighs> I mean, yeah, we know he said it. We're. It's just how it is. Just yeah. <laughs> if you're letting your kids watch the news or even this show, this show's eighteen and over. Don't. Yeah. I mean, okay. Trump, again, Trump's kind of an asshole. He wrote a books about how much of kind of an asshole he was. He had a TV show about how much of a kind of an asshole he was, and this is what people who are kind of an asshole say. So moving on. Yep. All right, right, guys, we are going to, at the end of the show, play a game called Safe or Not Safe. What that means is we will tell you, if you write in, ask about someone in Hollywood, we will tell you whether they are safe, not safe, or whatever. So you can write in about that, only about Hollywood people. Mm -hmm. And speaking of people that write books, but this guy's not an asshole, I'd like to welcome (laughs) to the show Scott Haskin and Jeff Bump. G'day, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Good day. Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> hey, so, thank you for differentiating us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd kill me if I put you in the same category as Trump. I appreciate that. <laughs> so our listeners all know Scott Haskin. He wrote the fabulous intro music that makes um, Paul want to swing a sword, and we got in a slow motion. Out the sword. Want, want me to hit something in, in, with the sword in slow motion? Right. We got we got the dirty photo about Paul and it, with the sword, and it, it was fabulous. So you all know Scott Haskin. So I'm going to start my intro with Jeff. Jeff, welcome yeah. to Behind the Scenes. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, let me see. I uh, father two kids. Uh, been video editor for over 20 years. Also a uh, local musician. Been playing in the Phoenix music scene for also over 20 years. Um, Worked on uh, about every kind of video project you can imagine, from you know documentaries to you know little government commercials. It's been kind of all over the place. So um, that's so just a lot of media and uh, uh, creative media outlets for me. That's that's where I've been. That's good. Now we are going to get into indie film, music, and a whole bunch of what it's like to actually make it in the industry. And okay. we always get cut off on the end. So I'm going to cheat. Um, Jeff, can you tell everyone where to find you? Oh yeah, um, basically we're we're going to talk about uh, um, go check out the band at millsendband.com. Um, that's the music site that's got links to me and contacts, and that's the place to go to get in contact with me. 
We'll put a link to Jeff. Scott, I know we yeah. have you on. All the- <laughs> you're a regular. We, we try and pull you on a lot, and we talk about you all the time because you're sword swinging music. Where can everyone find you? Well, I hope someone does because I don't know where to find me half the time. Uh, easiest place is probably Scott at Scott Hask or uh, just uh, scotthaskin.com. Uh, I'm also on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all those good places. I'm on Instagram as Mental Sauna for the relaxation music, uh, but mainly uh, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Scott Haskin. I do have to say, if you guys listen to Mental Sauna, I listen to it while driving. We actually sent a copy to Mariah Carey. Um, don't, don't fucking listen to that while driving. I almost had an accident. I'm not kidding. It does work. It does relax you. Don't That's been do known that. to happen to people with Mariah Carey music, yes. No, it yeah, wasn't I, Mariah Carey's. It was Scott's music. Right. She hits the high note and it, like, it, it makes people swerve. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, I that think could I mentioned it. that, though, when I gave you the, the music to not... I think I specifically said don't Said don't drive. You did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take the. I didn't take the warning. I. I drove, and I actually nearly had an accident because it was a long drive. I was. I was really stupid. Um, Host of the. We need your first step. (laughs) Now, my co-host, of course, is host of the Militant Moderate. We always put a link up to his show. I know some of you guys watch it because you're writing questions to me about his show. Mm. Um, So, (laughs) you can find him on. Twitter, Facebook, we always put up links. And if you want to listen to the Militant Moderate, you can find it. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So, What he said. Yeah, yeah I'm out there. <laughs> He's out there. Now, guys, we're going to jump into all aspects of filmmaking and everything else. I just want to get this out of the way. Um, Jeff, what got you into film? And what got you into you know, music? Basically, basically, it was just kind of, uh, you know, I, I was actually in... Um, college doing audio recording and you know i and i was looking for work and i got hooked up with you know doing audio visual stuff and it kind of just led to video editing and you know i started doing freelance video editing and you know um you know you kind of take whatever project kind of pays the bills so sometimes it's things that are like film and sometimes a little more commercial and you know a little extra exciting but but basically it was something i just i i i fell into and i had a good adaptitude for and i just stuck with it more like that. And for those that have listened in, we have always talked to Scott about loving music and how he got in. And once upon a time, he was in a hair band. Um, but Scott actually wrote a book on composing for indie film. I'm going to talk to you guys about this because you have more experience than I do. I've only done a few indie films. Unfortunately, they're the ones that stayed on IMDb when I broke it. Mm. Um, but I've, I've only done a few indie films. That's how I met Paul. I was like 17. Um what what is the main difference between indie film and studio film? Would you like to um, that? My my opinion is that I think just I think indie films kind of take more chances. I think they're I think indie films tend to be um, a lot more honest. Their filmmakers really trying to make a, a bold statement and kind of break the rules a little bit. You know, mainstream films have a lot more money, a lot more investors. There's a lot more uh, people kind of saying you should do this or don't do that. I think any, any, any films as a rule, just kind of, they just, they break the rules. That's why, that's why they're so important. That's what people pay attention to because they, they're going to come out and, and uh, do something different. And people are watching to see what catches on. I agree with that. I, I think mm. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look from the production side. Um, there's, there's a different, completely different support system. I think when you're in the indie world, you're pretty much on your own. You, you do your thing from your place. 
Um, usually you don't have assistance or anything like that, whereas in Hollywood you're typically working with the budgets that allow you to, um, you know, have people to assist you or take care of other things in your life so that you can just focus on, on composing. Um, it, it's also a different director mentality, too. I think, like he was saying, there's, there's the, um, this is how it has to be done, this is the formula, versus we're just going to do what we feel and we're going to write it the way we want to say it instead of this is how the ending has to be. And it always has to be wrapped up in a nice little package. Sometimes they, they're a little more, we just want to make you think or we want to make you decide your own ending kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it, I agree. It takes a lot more chances. But from the production standpoint, there's, um, there's a big difference in how the process goes. Your yeah, I totally agree with that. All, all tied to money. Yeah. yeah. All tied the money. Well, I just, you know, unfortunately, stuff doesn't get done for free. Nope. So, yeah. I, I said people, people don't realize how much, you know, how much it costs to get these going. And there's so many, there's so many factors just outside of, you know, basic video production that goes into locations. And there's just a million things and that they all cost money. Mm-hmm. Right. I got to say, when people don't have that stuff in order, and I, I love indie film, but I love indie film because I'm a fucking piranha. So people come to me with these ready done films and start negotiating for distribution because that's that's kind of my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> let, let, let me say this uh, to all the independent filmmakers out there: uh, we know you're broke, and <laughs> yeah. you don't cost us a freaking thing. Yeah. You know, we didn't invest anything in your project. We can just literally be Julius Caesar, put our thumbs up or down, and whether or not we want to do anything with it. So, yeah, so just like remember the, that. Yeah. yeah. One thing people always miss when they come in to negotiate for distro or something is they never, they, they worry about how many screens or if it's going to be seen. I've had people come in and say, I don't care what you pay me. Worst thing you can say to me, by the way, um, yeah. is I don't care what Don't you pay ever me. say that to Summer. <laughs> just saying. No. Yeah. I think, I think another in general, right now, but most importantly, not the summer. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think another big difference on the on on the just the overall experience is that when you when you're working in Hollywood, you tend to have directors that understand the importance of music and how it integrates, and they they tend yes. to have a little bit more of a vision for it. Most of the independent films I've worked on, either they're completely outside the box. Um, where everything needs to be hardcore because they like hardcore music, not necessarily because it fits the film, or they just don't know what they need. They'll say, look, I know the film needs music. I don't know. Just do something. And and it's really difficult to please a director who doesn't understand the interworkings of music and film. See, I've never given a flaming fuck about making directors happy. Um, so yeah. so on, my end, that's, on my end, that's easier. <laughs> <laughs> never cared about much about making anyone happy but I, I it's I think I think I get where you're going with that it's there's a lot more there's a lot more heart in independent film um, I I met Paul on a film called Slaughter Party where I was being right. attacked by a midget yeah and not a lot of heart in that one just, no but there were a lot nicer people than say the people I encountered even dealing with Guardians of the Galaxy it's not that people were bad it's just there's a lot more paperwork you're really not interacting everything's numbers screens distro range and even with the music I got into a huge argument because they wanted to put rap in Guardians 2 um, yeah. and, and that to me yeah seriously and to me I thought that was stupid but they were getting some some compensation 
from a music label I'm not going to name to put it in there. And that's really what changes. And, but I, that exists in independent film too, to a, great, to a degree. If people are willing to give you money to watch a movie, you'll put it in there. But people seem to be more emotionally connected to the music and to the project and to the script and to the direction in an independent film in a way that they are not connected in a studio film. I find the fans are more connected in a studio film and the, the filmmakers, the composers, the directors are far more... Um, are far more attached in an independent film. At least that's my experience. And again, no, I'm, I'm I, 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 I would agree with that. You know, I, I think of, you know, just when you think of some of the, the great independent films, and, you know, and, I, and you always, to me, Pulp Fiction was such a milestone in the way it affected modern filmmaking and, the, and the, how, how people saw independent films. But that soundtrack and the soundtrack for Reservoir Dogs is just as much an extension of Tarantino as anything in that movie. Yes. You know, and yeah. it's, there's, a, yeah. there's so much music there that nobody would ever even thought of using in yeah, any other film. Only... And, 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 and then you bring up Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, on, that soundtrack is as effective as it is, and it's a great movie, and it's a great soundtrack. Mm. That's influenced by Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, that old yeah, school absolutely. 70s. Mm. It took it right from that movie. So I, I think, you know, it just they're, they're, everything about these films, they, they, it's, it's a passion. It's like, I want to show this movie, tell this story, and I want this to be my soundtrack, and this is this. I want this music to get out there. Well, I'm, I'm going to cut in because we did have write-ins, and we were playing a game called Safe and Not Safe. For those of you that want to know, Quentin Tarantino, Safe. Great guy, no issues, not really had any issues with female cast, male cast, or anything else. Yeah, he's got a foot thing, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I'm going to say Tony, unsafe. Now Tony, now, Tony Tarantino, his dad, oh. complete asshole. Yeah, um, I actually had a, run, I had a run-in with him years ago. Wow. Oh, yeah? yeah, hey, that's that's a guy who's trying to make the, talk about a political animal, trying to make the best of a... Uh, yeah, uh, of a son that he was never a part of his life. So you know, yeah, okay, yeah. He's, he's grabby. Well, Quentin gives his dad uh, free, free, like carte blanche with a lot of things. So it's it's really interesting. He's trying to kind of get into his dad and trying to give his dad what he wants to keep his dad a part of his life now. So he's a mm. great contact, mm-hmm. uh, but he's kind of an asshole if you're a girl. So just an FYI, like there, there's there's a kind of a uh, yeah. He jar- didn't hit on he didn't hit on me for the record. He didn't hit on no. you. No, no, did he, he did hit not. on you, Scott? Mm. Scott? He, he did not. I, I was trying to think back just to be sure, but no, I don't believe that he hit on me when I met him. Yeah, uh, not, not, not really handsy. You know, no, but, you know, yeah, he you was go. handsy with me. He was handsy with me. So this is the game we've been playing, guys. It's, it's safe or not safe. People wrote in, and Quentin Tarantino, because we brought him up, was someone people wrote in about. Moving back to that, um, you're right. It's completely influenced by Pulp Fiction, by those kind of films. But Quentin Tarantino transcends independent film, I think, in a way that a lot of directors don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's not afraid he, to take chances. No. Yeah, he, we, we go to him just for those chances. Exactly, you know? and yeah. we pay a lot of money. Well, I, I think he led a generation, too, because you could say Wes Anderson, he's kind of a part of mm-hmm. that. You know, these, these guys established themselves in an indie role. You know, and they, they've been able to show that it works, that it sells, and people go back to them for, you know, it's like, I want a movie that looks like that. I want a movie that has that feel. And they're, they're able to kind of play by their own rules and do it that way. And a lot, yeah, of, the, a lot of the modern he, directors do that. 
And he also yeah. hit at a time where where independent film kind of had that rebirth in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, especially the uh, Spike Mike Slackers and Dykes uh, we'll movement. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a title of a really good book. Book about oh. that about Spike Lee and Kevin Smith and Michael yep. Moore and I love uh, Allison Anderson. Yeah. By the way, everyone united on that list, safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> except Kevin Smith makes bad jokes. Um, but the, but, that, but that's it. He came during that rebirth. But on top of that, you're talking about a group of people that used music to to hook their films in. Um, and with, when you look at even the soundtrack with Reservoir Dogs, mm. that scene with Mr. Pink, nothing would be the same without that music. And right. it was a resurgence of music in film in a way it hadn't been used in a very yeah. long time. I have seen the scene cut with the song that he originally wanted. Uh, which is my Sharona, my Sharona yeah. by the Knack. Wow. The Knack said oh. that they didn't, they they didn't want, they didn't want. The, that's the only thing that they have, and they didn't want it related to something that violent. They yeah, they, they, they they whooped on that one, but you know, yeah, hindsight boy. is twenty twenty. So, yeah. you know. well, you mentioned think- you mentioned Kevin Smith, and and if you look at the uh, cost of Clerks and the breakdown, the music rights actually cost him more than the production. Correct. And so that's yeah, I believe that. Who understands the value and and the usage of music? Yeah, Miramax tried to put something together because I remember when that soundtrack came out, and he didn't have any of those songs for his when when he made the movie. You know. Mm-hmm. It was it was expensive. That's the other thing with indie. When when you guys come and you have it done, and then I have to go buy music rights, I fucking want to burn people. But <laughs> if I have to put out that money, if I have to put money into an indie film, I will actually make sure it sells better because I have to recoup my costs. So that's a heads up yeah. to all the indie filmmakers out there. Make sure the studio that you're going to has to put some money there because then they have a vested interest in it succeeding in a way they don't have if you say, I don't care if you pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going to ask you guys, you, you look at things like The Simpsons uh, that just wouldn't be half as iconic without that music. Three minutes? Okay. We have three minutes till the end of the show. Um, guys, we've, we've got three minutes till the end of the show. Um, it, what advice would you give to people wanting to get into music or film or in, especially indie film? What advice would you have for them, Jeff? Um, I, you know, I my 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 take on this is I think, um, you know, I I do I do local music and and just I edit and do it as my day job and do whatever I can to make it's it's my day job. So it's not really it's creative, but I'm you know I'm really trying to pay the bills, and then I do the stuff I want on the side. So what I would recommend to people, you know, is you know, your passion stuff, you know, have some kind of other resource to kind of fall back on a little bit so you can support yourself, you know, and it supports your your side job and you can put it into that. Um, it's very difficult to throw everything into a passion project and not have any and not have any financial support at all. You kind of need that in a little way. So if you can kind of establish some kind of foundation for yourself, then you're able to do all your projects and do them just for you. And then you can ship them off and send them to people and, you know, hopefully something comes out of it. Like that's that. my advice. Scott, what advice do you yeah. have? Uh, that's good. Uh, I would say uh, network as much as possible. Try and get in on some 48-hour film challenges where you can really meet and, and work with people. Um, but you better be ready to bring it because they go quick. 
Uh, also, just learn. Listen to people. Learn from people. Learn from composers. Learn from directors. Don't don't try to network with composers as much as directors because they're the ones you're going to be working with. Composers are mostly just going to tell you, I like this, I don't like that. And it really comes down to the person that's actually hiring you. Mm. And that's actually really good advice. Paul? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you better really, really want to do it because it will yeah. kind of eat you alive. Uh, there's a pretty good book out there called Confessions of a Record Producer. I actually hung out with the author of it a few times. But it's a good outline of how everyone in the music industry is going to screw you over. So uh, get educated. I like that. Yeah, I used to My... be six foot four and I'm five nine now. Mm. Yep, that's it. See? See? It <laughs> wears you it. down. It will wear you down. Guys, I, I'm going to tell you this just from the other side. Never, ever turn around to someone like me and say, I don't care what I make on this film. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's the best advice I can possibly... Unless you find a deal to make a load on your I second you, film, you do yes. not say that. That's okay? true. That is very true. <laughs> Guys... get a guarantee that you're going to keep working, don't say that. We right. gotta go. I'm gonna put up business, links to like Jeff and Scott and Paul, and you can go check out Jeff's band. You can check out Scott's music. You can check out Paul and the Milton Moderate. This is behind the scenes. We didn't get to any questions. I promise I will have these guys on again so we can. This is behind the scenes. We'll see you next week. I'm Summer Helene. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.